can go ahead if you have your Bibles. like Jesus hallelujah there's nobody like Jesus if you if you have that revelation yet let me tell you there is nobody like Jesus hallelujah and you can turn with me to the book of Hebrews we're going to the fifth chapter Start at the 12th verse. We're going to close this chapter out and begin in the 6th verse, 6th chapter. If you have a say, amen. The Bible says, For when, for the time, ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full age. Somebody say full age. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. We're going to continue in chapter 6. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection. Not laying again the foundations of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God, of the doctrines of baptisms and of laying on of hands and of resurrection of the dead and of eternal judgment. Verse three, and this we will do if God permits. I'll read that again. And this we will do if God permits. Lord God, I ask in the name of Jesus, touch us, Lord God. God, we, we, we sung tonight about your awesomeness, Lord. God, manifest yourself in this place tonight, God. God, we need you on this Wednesday evening, right in the middle of the week, Lord. God, we don't want to go on without you, God. God, we ask right now in the name of Jesus, Lord. Break up the fallow ground, God. Let your word go forth, Lord. Touch hearts, God. Heal bodies, Lord. In the name of Jesus, God, we come right now asking, Lord God, seeking, Lord God, to hear from heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I know that's a little reading, but we are at Bible study, right? 
and I'm gonna read a little bit more, amen? I, I want to read it in another translation. I, I've learned talking to people, everybody is not churched. Everybody is not used to the King James English and uh, some people, I count myself in that number, I could barely do modern English that well myself. So 400 year old English sometimes, you know, you get lost in the translation. So I would like to read it again um, in the NET. It says, for though you should in fact be teachers by this time, you need someone to teach you the beginning elements of God's utterance. You have gone back to needing milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced in the message of righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature whose perceptions are trained by practicing to discern both good and evil. Therefore, we must progress beyond the elements, instructions about Christ and move on to maturity. Not laying again this foundation again, repentance of dead works, faith in God, teaching about baptisms, laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this is how it ended. This is what we intend to do, if God permit. This should be our intentions, amen. Everybody has principles that they live by. Everybody have some type of code, depending on how you was raised or where you're from or where you was taught. Uh, a principle, the definition of a principle is a fundamental truth or a proposition that serves as a foundation for a system of beliefs or behavior or for a chain of reasoning. Everyone has principles that they live by. Depending on what type of substance that you use to lay as a foundation, it will determine whether if you succeed in what you're building or you experience failure of what you're trying to build. We can spend a lifetime building something that we deem beautiful that can come crashing down in a single moment. What a tragedy, what, what, a, what a sad sight to see. And we see it happening all over in our world constantly. We see it happen in politics. We see it happen in sports and entertainment. And we see it happen in Hollywood and businesses. And sadly, we see it happen in marriages and families, even ministry. We've seen it happen in whole denominations. It's just come crumbling down. And all this can be avoided. We can all eliminate this risk of trying to build something and it comes to naught. Jesus tells us in a parable, the parable is described as the wise and the foolish man, that the builders, they, 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 it's a wise builder and it's a foolish builder. And the way Jesus put it, he says, if, you, if, you, if a man hears my words, and, and do what I say. I would liken that man unto a wise builder who, who decides to build his house upon a rock, amen. And, and he said when the, he, when the winds and the waves beat up against this house, uh, some translations say just fall upon. Uh, it gives you a picture of, you know, the old WWFs 
when somebody come off the top rope with an elbow, just putting all their weight on it, just the, the winds and waves will just fall upon it. And he said, if you hear my words, you'll be like this wise man. And after all that happened, your house will still be standing, amen. But I liken the fool to someone who want that prime real estate on the beach. You know, he, he, he didn't want it up on the hillside or anything like that. He wanted his house right there on the sand. And, and the same storm, the same waves beat up against it. And he suffered loss. He lost everything. Everything that it was made of, everything that was in there came crashing down. Amen. How many know that life will come crashing down on you? You better be careful what you use as a foundation to hold up your children, to hold up your finances, hold up your, your, your family. You better use something that was last. Amen. And we know that Jesus is the rock, right? The Bible says that he is the rock that followed them. Amen. But saying it's a, it's a study uh, tactic that people use when you're studying the Bible. It's called the law of first mention. And um, one of the first times that sand is used in the Bible is when God is telling Abraham that I'm going to bless you and multiply you and those who curse you are cursed and those who bless you are blessed. And he, he told him to look up. And he said, if you can number the stars in the heavens, that's how, your, how many your descendants will be. Your, your descendants will be greater in number than the stars in the sky. And he didn't stop there. He told him to look down by the, the, the sand, by the seashore, amen. And he said, if you can count that, then that's how great your descendants will be, amen. And a lot of times people don't understand that when, when, when you have the law first mentioned, that sand was representing people, representing his descendants. So if you, one principle that you can get out this parable is you can't build your life on what people say. You can't build your life on people's opinion. You can't build your life on what the culture is doing. It will come to not, amen. People are shifty, amen. People don't, don't add the support that they need. I know some people mean good, but people get shifty on you, amen. And, and don't, don't, don't build your uh, uh, hope on, on what people do or what they can do or what they tell you they can do, amen. Because when you get depressed and when you get a, 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 a pink slip or when you get that diagnosis, them people cannot do nothing for you. They might be able to rub you on your head and pat you on your back and send a prayer, which is good, but you're going to need something more than that, amen. When you have heaviness of heart, the Bible talks about lead me to the rock, amen, which is higher than I. We need that rock. We need to be founded upon that rock, amen. Paul in 1 Corinthians, this is what he said. He said, according to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I've laid the foundation and another buildeth thereon. But let every man take heed how he buildeth thereupon. For other foundation can no man lay than that that is laid, which is Christ. Amen. He was wise. The Bible says in, um, in, in Proverbs that he that wins souls is wise. Amen. And we know that Paul was a, a, a soul winner. And he was, a, the Bible says he was a wise master builder. He was wise. It was wise of him to count all his religious accomplishments as dung, as the Bible records. He said, I forget those things which are behind and I press towards 
the things which are before and, and he pressed towards the mark that is in Christ Jesus, amen. He was wise to know that anything that you've done in the past or any, all your accomplishments doesn't mean anything if it's not built upon Christ, amen. It was wise for him to determine to know anything amongst the people that he was preaching for, save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Hallelujah. It was wise for him. He didn't come asking what political party they was affiliated with. They, he didn't come asking what side of town they grew up in or he didn't ask them what school they went to or how much money they made. It didn't matter to him. That, that, that wouldn't be wise. But he said, I wanted to, he preached Jesus Christ and him crucified. Amen. That made him a wise master builder. We have to get these things right. Uh, he said that the first principles of the oracles of God, of God's word. We have to get these right. Uh, we, we have to know, we have to know and, and have a security of what these principles are. And the way that we know God is through his word. And we need to know him. God says, the Bible says that those who know God, they will do great exploits. The Bible, the, the definition of exploits is to make full use of or derive benefit from. Uh, if, if you're not praying the way you should, you're not taking advantage of all the benefits that come from being a child of God. If you're not praying and, and spending time in the presence of God, you're, you're missing out on so many benefits. Don't have a witness in here. Uh, don't, don't, don't put your, your walk with God on cruise control. Don't just come Sunday and leave and come Wednesday and leave. You should be praying. Amen. You should be you should be spending time with God in prayer, amen. And you will get all the benefits that comes with living for the Lord. The Bible tells us to forget not his benefits, amen. And in our passage, the writer of Hebrews is trying to convey to the readers that they should have had a strong foundation and be mature at the time that he wrote this letter. And my message tonight to my brothers and sisters is we have to start somewhere. Uh, we, have to, we have to grow up sometime. We have to be mature. Uh, I know that, that everybody in here is not babes in Christ. I know that. And I, I just wanted to let everybody know that there is nothing wrong with milk. The Bible tells us that uh, in, in Peter, the first, the first letter that Peter wrote in the second chapter, he says, desire this milk. And that's, the, that's what you will grow by. We don't grow by nothing else, amen, but the word of God. Uh, we all have to crawl before we walk. There's a maturing process that needs to take place spiritually. Uh, it's something about, uh, some people believe that just because you've been in church long, that makes you uh, a, a spiritual uh, maturity. That time doesn't do it. Only time in the presence of God does it, amen. I don't care how many Bible studies that you attend or how many services that you attend, that does not make you a, 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 a mature Christian, amen. It, it depends on the time that you spend in God's word and in his presence. Uh, spiritual maturity is not physical maturity. You know, after a while you can feed a child and they grow. And, and you know, you can get a grown man and you know, they, they might look grown, but in here and here, they're not that mature, amen. Don't have a witness, I know anybody like that. But spiritually, you, you can have somebody that look apart, 
that dress the part. They can put nice cologne on and they can carry their Bible and have nothing in here. Uh, you, you have people that, that have large followings and people that, 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 can, that can come up with a sermon and people that can, you know, tell you about, you know, this scripture. They probably know all 66 books of the Bible, but none of them, some of them don't have the Holy Ghost. Amen. Some of them have not been baptized in Jesus' name. That does not mean that they are a giant in the faith. Amen. It's the time that you spend on your knees that determine your maturity. Uh, I want to put it like this. Uh, Paul told Timothy, uh, this is my assignment tonight to all people, no matter where you are on that spectrum. Uh, Paul told Timothy, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourishing up in the word of faith and of good doctrine. Amen. Whereunto thou hast attained. Verse 13 that I read, the word of righteousness, that is where we get our nourishment from. This is what we grow by. Uh, the Bible tells us to study, to show ourselves approved. Unto God, we, we don't have to study to try to impress each other, but study to show yourself improved first unto God. Uh, a workman, this, this is somebody who's skilled. The, the Bible tells us those who just live off of milk, they're unskilled, but we got to get to the point to where we're skilled, amen. That needeth not to be ashamed, but rightly defined. We got to know how to rightly cut this thing, amen. The word of truth. Now, I was, when I was reading this, I said, okay, uh, there's nothing wrong with milk, but this, in this, 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 this chapter here, it's kind of like, well, you back on milk and you're living off of milk and he's kind of, kind of rebuking them. And, and ain't like I told you, nothing's wrong with milk. Nothing is wrong with milk. I, I've, uh, y'all know that I have a, a brand new baby at home and she, she turned six months today and she was a preemie. She came a little early. First time having a preemie. And you know, uh, when the preemie came, I was looking, she wasn't doing all those things that I'm used to babies doing. I'm like, okay, she's just, she's, she's, you know, she's not really following sound. She's just, just there, just little bitty, little bitty girl. And I'm, but we, we fed her, we kept giving her milk, amen. And, and the more and more she, she, she'll let you know, I want that milk, I need that milk. She'll wake you up in the middle of the night. All she wanted was milk. But the more and more we gave her that milk, you know what started happening? She started growing a little bit. She, she started responding. Her motor skills start, start, start exercising. She started exercising her senses a little bit. Now you show her a bottle, she knows exactly what that is. And not only is she holding her bottle now, but she's reaching for things on our plate. She's starting to smell. Hold on, what's that? That don't taste and smell like what I'm getting. And she started reaching, she's, her, she's starting to teeth a little bit. Her teeth is trying to cut in. You keep on reading your, you're reading your Bible, you start, you keep, on, you keep on spending time with God. And I know people say, well, I, don't, I can't quote scripture like Brother Urshan, and I, I, can't, I can't sing like some of these other people, but you stay in your word long enough, things will start coming to your mind. You, 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 you'll be in a situation, amen. You'll be in a situation where you witness it to somebody and the scripture just come up, come out of nowhere. You, you forgot that you read it. And, or when you see something, it, it revert back to your mind. Oh, that's what the Bible means when it say this. And, but you have to keep at it. You have to keep desiring it. Amen. 
and, and she, she, she's developing and you'll start developing. Uh, she, 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 she is, is, is getting ready for that meat. Uh, my wife been chewing up for her and giving her just a little bit, a little taste of it. And, and I'm like, babe, don't do that. I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> but when you start exercising your senses, the Bible says that you, you exercise your senses to discern both good and evil. Uh, to, you have to distinguish both good and evil with your senses. We all have five senses. I'm talking spiritual and, and, and physical, but you, you, we know what our physical senses is, right? Touch, what else? We, we got sight, smell, taste, and what, we get, what else, what, what I'm leaving out? Hearing, amen. You have to exercise every one of those senses to discern both good and evil. I know uh, we've we seen on saints that they can spot a devil out of any room. And when they walk in, they can just smell a devil. You know, everybody's a devil. <laughs> Some saints, you know, and, 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 and I learned over time, especially living for God, that it's kind of easy to spot a devil. This world is fallen. It's, people, this world is crazy. It, it, it's not, you don't have to go outside and look far to find something wicked. The, you can turn on TV or the movies or, I, I was at the park earlier with the, my kids and kids they age, they was cussing like they was grown cellar men. I'm looking like, in front of me, I'm like, I'm, I know kids just do it, they wouldn't do it in, a, in front of an adult, but they cussing like they, <laughs> like they pay bills. But I, I, was, I was like, whoa. But it's, it's not hard to discern evil, but it, it takes the gift of the spirit to discern good. Uh, see, a lot of times, you know, uh, people come and ask us, you know, they, they, you look at somebody's appearance or the way somebody smell or, you know, you might smell booze on them and you all think, oh, they just is drunk. But if, if, if you discern the good, like, hold on, I'm, I'm recrossing paths and maybe God want me to sow a seed or maybe God is working in that person's life and no matter the craziness that might come out of their mouth, God has appointed you to cross paths with them and then you can discern, oh, maybe I shouldn't just pass by this person just as fast as I normally would. Or maybe I need to take time just to love on somebody. You know, some, some people haven't had somebody tell them that they love them in, in days or weeks or maybe even years, but you know, just sometimes just a smile. You'd be surprised how far a smile or not would do. Uh, but you, you have to exercise these senses, you know, you, you, your ear. And I, I remember, I, my wife was a pew baby. I, I, I call myself a pew baby, but my parents wasn't in church. My auntie and my grandmother took me. It was some Sundays I missed, amen. It was some weekends that I missed. And, and I was exposed to other things in my home, man. My wife, she went to church every time the door was open. And, and when we got together, I was in church, but you know, uh, I'll be around certain people and certain words wouldn't bother me because I'm used to it. Certain activities that I see people do don't rub me the wrong way because that's how I was, I was used to it. But my wife, she hears something and she, oh, yeah. you know, and I'm like, oh, you got some holy ears. Hey, man, that's, <laughs> that's good. I'm trying to get there. But the Bible says that the ear tastes words like your mouth, the palate tastes food. And, and, and you exercise those senses. The things that you look at, you'll know, hold on, something ain't right about this. I'm not going to keep looking at that. I'm not, I'm not going to allow that access in my spirit. 
some of the things that you hear, you, you need to discern whether to listen to it or not. Amen. Some things that you're touching, I, I, I need more witnesses than that. Some things that you're touching, you shouldn't be touching. Amen. Hallelujah. You need to discern, you need to exercise. Exercise those senses. Amen. And you need to, you need to exercise. You need to use it. Glory to God. Uh, when you when you out in the world exercising these senses, you, you you'll understand, you'll see, and realize the condition that the world is in, and you you'll know that the harvest is is ripe, and, and the field it needs labors. Amen. So, so we 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 it's time that we ought to be teachers. We 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 should be out there reaching. And, and teaching, we, we, we shouldn't be wallowing in the mud with these people, amen. We should be reaching for these souls. We should be reaching, trying to, trying to, trying to get, get these people out of the condition at the end, because God, he reached out for us, amen. We're not above them, we're not better than them. we still be them if it wasn't for the Lord, amen. That was on our side. And I know some people say, how? Uh, I'm not there, I might not be that smart. And the Bible talks about in Isaiah 28, I'm not going to read it all. I got it here, but I'm not going to read it all. In Isaiah 28, it talks about the plowman and how he, he, he break up the crown and he know what, what seed to sow when and how and he knows when to pull it up and when not to. And, and, and it says that the reason he has that knowledge is because God has gave him and instructed him in discretion. And, 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 he, and he does teach him, the Bible says. And discretion is, is, is a freedom to decide what should be done in, in a particular situation. Once you exercise those senses long enough, it'll be second nature. You, you'll know not to go here, not to do this, or not to put that on, or not to say this, or not to look at that, or not to, not to smell this, or not to inhale that, amen? You, 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 you'll, you'll be mature enough, and you'll be able to have discretion of where to go and what not to do and, and how to deal with certain people. Uh, and it says, for God have instructed him, and he instructs us through his word of righteousness. Paul tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and it is profitable. Somebody say profitable for doctrine and for reproof and for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Amen. For the man of God may be, that the man of God may be perfect. You may be mature. Somebody say full age, thoroughly furnished. That means to fully supply unto all good works. When we become mature, we, we won't whine and cry like babies. Amen. We, we, when correction come and reproof come and, 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 and instruction come and, and doctrine come. I know some people don't like doctrine no more. When doctrine come, we won't, we won't, won't well and fall out like an like a immature child but we take it in, amen, and we learn from it, and we become better because of it, and we become stronger because of it, amen. Once we, we, we can comprehend that as saints, once we get an understanding and a grasp on that, now it's time to take off, amen. Chapter 6, it opened up saying, therefore, leaving these principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on unto perfection, not laying again the foundation of the, the foundation of repentance from dead work and faith towards God. Leaving is not, it's not calling us to abandon it. God forbid, it's not calling us to abandon it. It's, 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 it's calling us to, to not limit our walk with Christ to just being baptized in Jesus' name. 
It's telling us not just limit your uh, uh, experience with Christ to speaking in tongues, amen. But it's a call for progression, to, to, to move on towards perfection. It's, and right here, it's not talking about perfection from, from sin. It's just talking about perfection as far as being mature. That's the context right here. Full age. Somebody say full age. Spiritual maturity back in verse 14. The foundation have to be laid right. Have to. If not, the, the building will be shifty. The, 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 the winds will blow and it, it won't settle right. Amen. And put everything that's in risk. Amen. It, it, you have to lay it over again. If, if they didn't lay this foundation right, they have to crack it up and lay it all over again. Nothing will stand. We'll all be at risk. This, this place will be moving and shaking if this foundation wasn't settled. And once you, you're persuaded in your own mind, once you've been converted, where brother Derek, uh, Derek White, we were talking about the other day. Once you have been persuaded and converted in your own mind, then you can go strengthen your brother, amen. Once you have taken the beam out of your own eye, then you'll be, be able to see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye, amen. But you have to deal with your, your stuff first, amen. I'm not telling you not to be a witness. Go ahead and testify of the wonderful works of God. But I want to let you know that the Holy Ghost gives you that power to, to be witnesses, the Bible says. But it also gives you the power that your works will line up and reflect what he has done in your life. Amen. Your works will line up with God's works and what he's done. For The Bible says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. What I'm trying to convey tonight is if you are still in bondage by dead works, and if your faith is still not totally in God, maybe just hold off a little bit on trying to teach somebody or disciple anyone, amen, in that state. Us as a church, we, we don't need you in that state. You, 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 you can be mature in Christ. Uh, your family don't need you in that state. Your friends don't need you in that state. Your coworkers don't need you in that state. The city don't need you in that state. God is doing something here. We need you to mature. We need you to put away those childish things. Amen. Hallelujah. Think as a mature, a, 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 a full-grown saint of God. Amen. We have to have these first principles. These principles, it's plural principles. We got to have these down in our hearts, amen. Chapter six, it gives us these principles. There's seven of them. It's the doctrine of Christ, repentance, faith, the doctrines of baptism, the laying on of hands, the resurrection, and the eternal judgment. We got to have those settled in our heart. Amen. I, I've, I've been in conversation with people that are born and raised apostolic Pentecostals that second guess, do you really have to speak in tongues or do you really have to be baptized in Jesus' name? Do it really take all that? You got to have those things settled. Amen, Brother Jordan. Am I, am I, am I talking? I, I see him giving me the nod ahead of proof. You, you got to have these things settled in your heart. God wants you to have these settled in your heart. Concerning the doctrine of Christ, the Bible tells us to, to beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and feign deceit after the traditions of men 
after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. For in him, oh, I thought it was an apostolic church. I'm sorry. Let me, let, I'm going to give you scripture right here. Colossians 2 and 8. It says, in him dwell all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And we are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. Amen. Do you know who Jesus is? Are you glad that you know who Jesus is? Hallelujah. You got to have that. That is a foundation, of, a fundamental that you have to have. Amen. It's all in him, Brother Brian. It's all in him. Glory to God. It is, it is through repentance, amen, that we prepare the way before the Lord. Like John did, he preached repentance and, and we make his path straight. Some of us want God to do something great in our life, but we haven't made his path straight to do anything in our life. The Lord tripping over this sin and tripping over hatred and bitterness that you still got in your heart. Repent from that and it'll make his path smooth and straight. Hallelujah, God, he can get straight to the matter. Hallelujah, amen. We have to make his path smooth and straight. It is so important that John, he began his ministry preaching preach repentance. Jesus, he began his ministry. The first, the first red letters that you'll see in your Bibles from Jesus is repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, amen. The apostles, they began their ministries in Acts chapter two. Uh, hallelujah, on the day of Pentecost, it says, uh, uh, men and brother, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent, hallelujah, every, be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, amen. And we should do this daily. We should die daily. The Bible says that, that God, he, that, that Christ, he offered up himself through the eternal spirit to, to clean and purify our consciousness from dead works. That's what repentance do. It lets you know that I'm right with God. God, I'm not, keep, I'm not gonna keep going my own way. I'm, I'm gonna turn, I'm gonna I'm forsake that, I'm gonna come to you. And that's what Christ died so that we have the right to do that. So we have the right to turn to God and say, God, help us. The Bible says that we were dogs without God in this world. We couldn't have, we, it was one day that we, we didn't have a right to say, God, help us. There was a wall of partition that was, that was up that kept us separated from the commonwealth of Israel. But God, he died and broke down that wall. Amen. That made a, one of two different people. And now I have a right to say, God, help me. But I can't do that in my sins. I can't do that operating in dead works. I got to have repentance down. It got to be a fundamental thing. And I have to have faith towards God. Hallelujah. How many glad for faith? Don't you know faith is a spiritual gift and it's a fruit of the spirit? It's the only one that, that doubles in faith. You, you, you don't need a whole lot. Just use what you got. You ever heard that? Amen. Thank God for faith. Uh, I, I always wondered. I, I'm... I'm I'm one out of four children. We all uh, was raised on a, on, a, on a Pentecostal pew. And, 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 and I know my, my, my siblings have some type of faith. They, everybody have a measure of faith. But I, I don't know what it was about me that I'm the youngest out of all of them. I was six years old and the Holy Ghost fell upon me. Amen. It didn't fall on the person next to me or the person on the other side. It was a gift from God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It says now... Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders attained a good report. Drop down to verse six, it says, but without faith, it is possible to please God. 
for it is for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. How many have any rewards? How many have any benefits from seeking God? Hey man, do I have a witness in the house tonight? He is a rewarder. For by grace you are saved and it's through faith and it's not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. For we are his workmen created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. And, and, and you know, I, I never try to pin Paul or James against each other. It's, 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 in sync, it's, it's in sync together. That's why you have to know how to rightly divide the word of truth. Amen. It tells us in James, but the whole chapter of two, it, it describes how you need work to validate your faith. Amen. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead. Uh, there's an old saying, we, we know what you believe by what you do. You can tell what somebody really believes by their actions, amen. And the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians that uh, remembering without ceasing your work of faith, faith is a work in itself, amen. Uh, a labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus lets you know, you would know them by their fruit. Hallelujah. You, you'll know what people really stand for by what they produce, what they say. Uh, you can tell what's in somebody's heart by what words come out of their mouth, out of the buns of the heart, the mouth speaks. Amen. And, and we, we have to have that faith down packed. We, we, without it, we can't please God. Without it, you, you can't do anything. Amen. You, you, you need faith. That, that, that has to be a fundamental. That has to be a foundation in our life. We can't just keep putting faith in our own abilities. Amen. We can't keep putting faith here and there and, and then, oops, oop, I forgot, let me put it in God. We got to look to God first. Amen. That should be a fundamental doctrine in our life and in our heart. Baptisms. Uh, I could have did a whole Bible study on this by itself, but I was just put it like this. You must be, this is red letters, look in your Bible, John chapter 3. You must be born again of the water and of the spirit. You can't enter into the kingdom of God. You can't even see it, the Bible says. That means you can't even perceive it. That's why when you tell some people about the kingdom, they look at you crazy because it's spiritual things that you're talking about. They can't even perceive it if they have not been born again. You got to have this doctrine down packed in your heart and in your life. You have to be baptized in Jesus' name. I said in Jesus' name. And you have to receive the Holy Ghost with the initial sign of speaking in tongues. The same scripture, I don't have this in my notes, but I'm going there. He said, how can this be? How can this be? And he said, the wind blows where it listens. And you, and you don't know where it come or where it go, but you what? You hear the sound thereof, amen. You hear the sound thereof. And this is what he says, so is everyone. Not just some of us, not just the Pentecostals over here, not everybody else. If you're born of the spirit, so is everyone. Everyone what? You would hear the sound thereof, of the spirit moving. The Bible says in Acts 2, uh, on the day of Pentecost, when they asked, what meaneth this? We hear them speaking in our language. This was that, which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, said the Lord. 
Amen. And, and, and he preached that wonderful message and, and he, he, he took it back to David. And, and he, we all know he preached Joel. Some people forget that he preached David also. And he said, I'm glad that you will not suffer thy holy one to see corruption or leave my, my body in hell. He said, because of this, my heart got glad and my, my tongue got happy. I don't know about you, but when I received the Holy Ghost, my heart got glad and my tongue got a little happy. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, and, he, and he goes on to say that, 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 that the promise of the Father, which you now see and hear. Hallelujah. You'll hear the sound thereof. You got to have this down, down, down in your heart. Amen. You got to have this down in your heart. You have to believe on him as the scriptures have said. Amen. And another, another principle that we have to have down is the laying on of hands. This is something that we see all throughout scripture, both testaments, old and new. The patriarchs, they laid hands on their children to pass on the blessing. Even the priests laid hands on the sacrifices and they laid hands on the kings to anoint them. We see Jesus laying hands on people and healing the sick. And even Peter and John on the day, not on the day of Pentecost, but when they went to Samaritan, to the Samaritans, and they came down to lay hands on them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. And we see Ananias laying hands on Paul and the elders laying hands on Timothy. All different administrations, but one thing I, I, I pulled out of this, the laying on of hands is for conferring of blessings and bestowing authorities and spiritual gifts and it's commissioning and healings and receiving of the Holy Ghost. But one thing I noticed, whatever administration uh, that you use it for, it has to be accompanied with prayer. Amen. It has to be accompanied with prayer. Whatever you do, don't, cover, don't do it without covering it in prayer. Amen. That has to be a fundamental a reality in your life as a child of God. You have to call on the Lord in prayer. I don't care when you get in your car, buckle up your seatbelt, turn the ignition, and call on Jesus. Amen. Ask the Lord to cover you in, from point A to point B. I don't care if it's whatever, I don't care how minute it is, cover it with prayer. Amen. Whatsoever you find your hands to do, do it with all your might and cover it in prayer. Amen. The Bible says, all these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak in new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And, and, and if they drink any daily thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Amen. That is the word. Hallelujah. You, you should have that fundamental that God can use me. God can do anything to, through me. All I got to do is have my heart right before him. And God, God used me as a tool in the hand of a mighty warrior. Amen. That's doctrine you got to have down packed in you. You don't, you, you don't have, there's no other mediator between you and God. It's just Christ Jesus. Amen. The man, Christ Jesus. Amen. I, I, you know, uh, revival's coming. Some people, oh, I'm going to go hear this person. I need this person to come lay hands on me because they are a healer or they know they're operating that gift. But how many know if you have the Holy Ghost, you can go to God in prayer and lay hands on yourself and say, God, hear me from heaven. Glory to God. You got to have that confidence. You got to have that, that support, that, that undergirding. And 
in your heart, hallelujah, that God can use you. The other, another principle is the resurrection. We got to have it. We got to have it in our heart. Uh, some, 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 some people, you know, we fear death. That's one thing that, you know, people go on the other side. You might hear some people say, oh, I seen the tunnel, I seen the light. But the Bible says that only one person is sinning, the descending, and, 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 and Paul, he tell you, I've seen things, I don't know if I was in the body or not, but I ain't gonna tell you what I saw. Uh, so we, we left with this, this mystery, but we have faith in God. Amen, anybody have faith in God? that know that, that this, this is not the end, amen. Jesus said, uh, when Lazarus died, he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. And this is what he asked, he said, believest thou this? Do you believe this? Do you, do you believe this? Hallelujah, do you believe this? I, I seen uh, it was, uh, Bishop Ellis, he was from Detroit, Pentecost, PAW preacher. I seen him preaching, he was down in Mississippi somewhere, a small church. And he said, I've done so many funerals. And one time he was standing up and preaching a funeral, he was hacking and sweating and kicking. And he said in his own heart, he said, do you really believe that this dead man here is gonna live again? He said that doubt tried to creep in. But he said he had to shake himself and said, I know who the resurrection is. Hallelujah, you got to have this down in your heart. I know who, hallelujah, who my resurrection is. And like, like, like Job said, I shall see him on the last day. Hallelujah, in my flesh, I shall see him. Hallelujah, though the earthworms may eat my body, I feel the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, I will see him. I, he will stand on the earth on the last day. And, and, and Paul, Paul said in Philippians, Oh, that I might know him in the power of his resurrection. We got to know him in the power of his resurrection, y'all, and in the fellowship of his suffering. And, and he said, been made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Oh God, we, we got to know him. We've been conformed unto this death. When we got buried in Jesus' name and repented of our sins, we have been made conformable unto his death. And the next step is to walk in the newness of life through the spirit, amen. The Bible says, but if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Every day we should be walking in resurrection power. Every day we should be walking and talking and resurrection power. All our dead works should be dead, buried in Jesus' name. Should walk in victory, amen. Jesus asks, do you believe this? Do you really believe this? Are you walking like this? Are you talking like this? Do your home dynamics reflect this? Do it reflect the resurrection? We have to have that as a fundamental Doctrine. We got to have that in our heart. And, 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 and the last one, it says the eternal judgment. In the book of Genesis, I'm almost finished. I'm wrapping up. In the book of Genesis, it says, will not the judge of all the earth do what's right? In Galatians, it says, do not be deceived. 
God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that also shall he reap. I know I done sold some bad things in my life. I've done some terrible things, actually. But I want to stand here before you as the preacher tonight to say thanks be to God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. No matter what you've done, don't let the devil whisper in your ear and tell you, you know what you've done and you know why you did it. God's going to get you. The Bible says in Thessalonians, for God has not appointed us unto wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we awake or sleep, we should live together with him. Hallelujah. Jesus is also the way to come out on the other side of judgment unscathed. The Bible says, for the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son, that all men should honor the Son as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. He said, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me, he hath eternal life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is come and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also, because he is the Son of Man. Marvel not at this, for the hour is come in which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice and shall come forth. And they that have done good unto the resurrection of life and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of death. Anybody still believe that? Hallelujah. God is keeping record. God knows what you're doing and what you say. But I thanks be to God for his blood. Amen. Hallelujah. The Bible says, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. And another book was open, in which was the book of life. And the dead were judged out of the things that were written in that book according to their works. And, and the sea gave up its dead and, and, and that were in it, and the death and hell delivered up the dead which was in them. And they were judged, every man, according to their works. And the death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake. How many glad that God written your name in that book of life? If your name is not in that book, we have a baptism right here. We got elders that can lay hands on you right now that you'll receive this gift. You can know tonight, we have to have these fundamental principles settled in our heart. The doctrine of Christ, the repentance, faith, doctrines of baptism, the laying on of the hands and the resurrection and eternal life. He desires for all of us to be teachers. We should be out here reaching people. But before we get there, we have to have settled in our heart. We, we can't be in a condition and we can't be double-minded and trying to teach and show somebody else the way. The Bible says if the blind lead the blind, they both will fall. You got to have this truth in you. 
God is doing a work here. We, we, didn't, we didn't build this church just to be pretty and nice and cute and to have room and for it to be comfortable. And we, we, look at all these seats around you that's empty. There's a soul out there right now that are, is looking for what you have. They heard Jesus before. They heard of Allah. They heard of all these other things. But you have to be ready to give an answer. You have to be ready to give an answer. You have to be ready to give an answer. Because you have a hope in you. And they want to know, what, what is the reason for this hope? What, what, what is the reason that you ain't doing these drugs no more? What, what, what is the reason that you ain't drinking and smoking no more? What is the reason that you're not running to the riots and the banqueting like you used to? What is the reason? Why are you dressing like that? Why, why you don't say these things no more? Why, why, why you don't listen to the same music that you used to? Why? And you can stand up with authority. You, can, you have something to stand on that's not shifty. You can have something to stand on and say, he brought me out without a doubt. He brought me out with a strong hand. And he can do it for you. That's his desire. God is calling everybody in here to reach and to teach. Amen. If we get these things down, we can fulfill the great commission. Go ye, therefore, and teach all nations. Teach all nations. If you need the victory, God will give you the victory. God will give you the victory. I remember when I first got saved, I got the Holy Ghost, I was so glad. I was smoking a, a pack of Newports, 100 is in a box a day. And if I was drinking, it was about two or three boxes. But I got in church and I got the Holy Ghost. And there's 20 cigarettes in a, in a pack. And I, I, I got the Holy Ghost in, and I got down, I would smoke one in the morning. And I smoked one when I came home from work and one when I got went, went, went to bed. And I went from 20 to 3. And I'm like, look, God, I'm doing something here. I, I'm trying. And I remember I came over to my grandmother's house and she had people over there. And people say, I heard you back in church. You rededicated yourself. And, oh, God is good. And I'm telling them, they talk about the goodness of the Lord. And they all left. And my grandmother looked at me. He said, you know you smell like those cigarettes, don't you? I put my hand down and said, man, I've been trying. I've only been doing three. And she said, I'm going to tell you what you do. You know what you can do. God will honor that. But what you can't do, that's what you take to him and say, God, I need you to remove this. I need you to get this out of my life. Do it. Try it. I stand before you. I went home and I prayed that prayer. I didn't get goosebumps. I didn't have a, a choir team behind me. I didn't have a praise team behind me. 
I smoked that cigarette that night. <laughs> and I said, Lord, let this be my last one. Take this taste out of my mouth. And I'll stand here before you. I haven't touched a cigarette since. I can be around it. I don't, I don't have nick attacks. I don't, I don't fiend. I, it don't even bother me. Never have. I've heard of people quitting for 10 years and they slip up and start again. It don't even bother me. And God can do that with anything. That, that, that's, I know that might seem a small thing to some of y'all. He can do a seed in, in abundantly what you can ask, I think. God can break those chains of addiction. God can, can, can heal you from watching all, watching them things on that internet that you shouldn't be watching. God can make you delete those phone numbers out your... And if you allow him, you, you, you'll find your senses start to be exercised. You, you'll, you'll find some bearings under your feet. You, you, you'll be able to go with your chest up and your chin up and say, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Now I'm going to make an altar call. And I'm going to open up for everybody. I don't want nobody to think that if you come down, you're sinning. I'm going to make an altar call for those who desire the, the sincere milk of the word. That you may grow thereby. I still, need, I still have some things I need to grow. I'll I tell you this, if you're not growing, you're dead. Growth shows life. We all need some growing to do. I'm gonna open this altar, I'm gonna get out your way and let y'all sing. But let's go before the Lord and ask for strength. Lord, give us direction, give us the words to say. Put your word in our mouth, God. Open up our understanding, Lord, that we may teach your people, that we may reach your people. God is doing something here in Cincinnati. He didn't build this building just to look at it and say, and put it on the shelf and, as a trophy. He want to use this. He want to use you. Let's not throw all this money, all this ready now, all this campaign and, and sit back and say, okay, I've done my part. No, that was just the beginning. We got to be all in here. Hallelujah.